Welcome to the Free Man Void. I'm your host, Victus D. Void. That is, of course, if you're watching on BitChute or YouTube. However, if you're listening to the podcast, FMA, Mad World, I'm your host, Victus D. Void. Um, I told you guys last episode that I'm going to start uploading, mo- uploading more and more. I have been going through some dark days and dark thoughts, so uh, I'm past that. So let's get down a bit business, like usual, and get into my wild theories. <laughs> These aren't really theories. I'm just reporting on facts. Like, these are just facts they don't discuss on a, um, you know, mass level like they do uh, things like the Will, Will Smith slap that has already vanished from YouTube already. It's no longer on my feed. I think these little uh, hit piece controversial topics are just here to distract us. And sooner or later, the Johnny Depp scandal will vanish from the, uh, uh, you know, headlines like usual, that's how these that's how these things go. But let's get down to something I really want to discuss, and that is the World Economic Forum and their One World Agenda. One World Agenda, I should say. Uh, specifically, though, they've entered into a uh, blood oath uh, pact with Meta. You guys know Meta, the big corporate giant. I guess big and giant are synonymous. synonymous. Uh, but you know, Meta was Facebook. Uh, but they changed their name to Meta to uh, fit their new uh, objective of creating a metaverse, the uh, fictional online universe that one can enter into and live their days through. I found an article that will suggest, not would suggest, li- deliberately discuss that uh, Meta will allow the World Economic Forum to take a leadership position into its formation and creation. Um, without any further ado, let's get down to business. Um, a one world nation. This was once a concept relegated to the realm of ridiculous conspiracy theory. However, since the day the World Economic Forum had uh, unveiled their Great Reset agenda, the conspiracy had become or has become an acknowledged glorified initiative. The name the World Economic Forum would suggest that this organization's purpose was to encourage open discourse on topics concerning the financial matters of the world economic system. Since national economies went global, no one nation can remain unaffected by the international economic system. So logically, you know, it would make sense for there to be some sort of officiating system uh, to start the much needed conversations that, you know, we need to have under normal circumstances. But, as it turns out, the name, the World Economic Forum, is a misnomer, a shield that deflects alarm and concern, and a cloak to hide a power-snatching agenda by the powers that lurk in the shadows of your local synagogue. I mean, most powerful banks. Silly me. But what does the World Economic Forum have to do with a one-world nation agenda? Everything. In a past episode, I discussed how the, you know, the World Economic Forum had allied with Ukraine to establish a social credit system that would incentivize uh, submission to its agenda, which is very similar to China's social credit system, by the way. And here we are today with the situation uh, now that the, uh, they've allied themselves with a company, the company, that is set to completely take over the world after the Great Reset agenda has been completed right now. Here and now, I am going to read to you a little title for an interesting article I've stumbled upon, and I do intend to read the article, uh, the actual article, but let's just take it slow. The title of this article is, Meta announces the World Economic Forum will have a leadership role in the metaverse. Uh, this article was written by Didi Rankovich and was posted 
at 11:56 a.m. I'm assuming on May 20. Oh, not I'm, I'm not I'm assuming the uh, date is May 27th, 2022, and it's on a website called ReclaimTheNet.org. And yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so let's read this little article for you guys. The World Economic Forum, WEF, is on track to be uh, at the center of defining what the future metaverse will look like by asserting itself in the metaverse's creation early on. The WEF's multi-stakeholder initiative wants to assume a leadership role in defining and building the metaverse. Facebook Meta, President of Global Affairs and former British Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg has announced. Nick Clegg, that's such a weird name. <laughs> um is currently uh, president of global affairs uh, for Meta, um, <laughs> which is fascinating. All these world powerful elites end up working for other powerful corporations. This is it's very intriguing. You know what I mean? It seems that there's there's a network of globalists who are in favor of a particular agenda, playing into hand, uh, playing hand to hand, joining forces in order to further that agenda. But let's let's read this little tweet from Mr. Nick Clegg. Building the metaverse requires work across industry to inform best practices and governance principles and ensure these technologies are built responsibly. Uh, WEF's new multitask holder initiative announced today will play a leader leadership role in the network. Fascinating. So again, the metaverse was basically a gaming universe concept, a <laughs> a fictional world where gamers can go into and just have fun. But here we have. Again, a global organization in order to regulate that that is well came into existence in order to regulate finances and the world economic environment. This organization is playing a leader leadership role into the formation of a fictional universe that was meant to uh, just exist for gaming and fun and just you know you know going by your day uh, to distract yourself by, from the miserable chaotic world we live in. That is very interesting. Like <laughs> this partnership doesn't make sense from a uh, you know the mainstream narrative perspective that these are just organizations that are working hand to hand. It doesn't make sense unless, of course, there is an ulterior motive that uh, nobody is telling us about. Uh, but whatever. Let's continue on with this article. The initiative laid out in a post on the Dav uh, Davos Events website is ambitious. It seeks to provide guidance on creating an ethical, inclusive, and economically uh, viable metaverse and represent the link between business, regulators, civil society, academia from both the private and public sectors. Holy schnitzel. Okay, <laughs> the defining and building the metaverse wants to focus on producing governance principles for it, but also on something defining as societal value creation. The initiative's first key area is supposed to determine safe, interoperable, interoperable and inclusive technology and <laughs> environments for the metaverse, while what value creation means is not explained. Um... Basically, a whole lot of bullshit words that stand for we're going to do whatever the fuck we want to this fictional universe so that nobody can escape our control. That's that's what it means. But anyways, let's continue on. The, the post does, however, say that the initiative will provide information about risks and incentives to businesses and society as well as individuals. And it will also outline how value chains may be disrupted, industries may be transformed, new assets could be created, and rights protected. <laughs> wow! This is beautiful. 
the WEF appears to want to get involved in the creation and th and through governance and regulation, ultimately control of the metaverse in the earlier stages of its development. The Post recognizes that the concept could go in different directions and the WEF would like to direct it uh, in a particular one and agreed on by those participating in the initiative. Currently, their number is over 60, including big tech. The most the post cites statements from stakeholders such as Clegg on behalf of Meta, top execs from Microsoft, HTC, Sony Interactive, as well as Walmart, uh, CG Corporation, the Lego Group, and and Anomica and Nimica brands, and others. Among the 60 or so stakeholders are not only technology and corporate giants and startups, but also academics, representatives of civil society, the WEF says. Uh, no, these aren't representatives of civil society. These are uh, elite members of academia who are pu being puppets and pretending to speak for the masses. So, yeah, knock that off, liars, lizard brain liars, lizard boys, lizard boys and girls. They are lying to our faces. <laughs> what the initiative promises is to give the industry a toolkit for building the metaverse that is ethical and responsible in nature. According to Clegg, the future metaverse will represent a force for inclusion and equity. And Meta doesn't want to be held accountable either. It mustn't be shaped by tech companies on their own. It needs to be developed openly with a spirit of cooperation between the private sectors, lawmakers, civil society, academia, and the people who will use these technologies. It's unclear from the WEF document, however, how exactly the people who will use these technologies are represented as stakeholders. They're not. That's... <laughs> That's the truth of the matter. They, they are not at all, you know, represented in this situation. They want to push the narrative that the WEF's uh, involvement in this, in the creation of the metaverse is simply to, to create an, a, a safe environment for individuals to, you know, use the metaverse uh, platform, you know, in a uh, safe way, a safe manner. In reality, it's, they're, they're getting involved in, or, in order to ensure that the metaverse fits with the Great Reset agenda and the world that will exist after the Great Reset. You know, they want to ensure that the status quo permeates every level of society. So even when you're trying to have fun in a fictional universe, which the metaverse isn't just going to be for fun once it's established, it's going to be the next world, if that makes sense. You know, after the Great Reset, the you know, with the uh, looming economic crash that is coming ahead, World War Three that is about to come, once everything shits itself, once the world shits itself, the world's going to suck. It's literally going to suck a big load of balls, you know? So they're going to replace having fun in the modern world with the metaverse. In the, in the physical world, they're going to replace the physical world with the metaverse, which individuals will go to to escape the... Uh, harshness and the horrors of the physical reality they exist in you know nobody wants to bear such you know trauma and deal with it constantly i don't i don't even, I don't even know if you bear trauma whatever i'm just i'm just talking out of my ass at this point let's move on to the closing statements of this uh important discussion the reason why you should be alarmed, the reason why you should put away your tinfoil hats and buy an AR-15 with a year's worth of ammo is because this unholy matrimony between Meta and the WEF is nothing short of a solidification of powers and every conspiratorial agenda that lurks in the truther 
community. Meta's technology will give mega corporations access to sensitive information like your brainwaves and other big brain words I know nothing about. If you want more information about my views on the metaverse, check out my episode on the metaverse. Again, Meta is set to become the escape the future citizens of the world government use to escape from their hellish existence. With the WEF taking a leadership role in its formation and systematic development, we now know for sure that the development of this metaverse goes hand in hand with the destruction of the human spirit and the establishing of the long-awaited New World Order. But, let's... Let's move on to a more fun topic, you know, there's something I really want to discuss, and that is the growing influence of the American surveillance state. I know that everybody already knows about China or the so-called People's Republic of China being a surveillance state, but there's now another global superpower that can be openly identified as a surveillance state, America. The American surveillance state is one I take far more seriously than China. Yes, I know that doesn't technically make sense to you, but, you know, let me explain. China is an obvious, undeniable, authoritarian, nightmare, dystopian empire. No one can argue against that without immediately being identified as a retard or a pawn for China itself. However, the American machine has still managed to hold on to its facade as the land of the free. This notion that American people do not have to worry about the same kind of intrusive operations spearheaded by their government agencies as, let's say, the Chinese or the Russian citizens, gives the American public a false sense of security. The truth is, although our government does not make us disappear for speaking out against it, well, at least not on a mass level and not as frequently as China and Russia, they are still spying on us and watching our every move. If you're one of those guys who fall back on that stupid argument, if you're not doing anything wrong, why do you care if they check on your phone? Please, allow me to ask you to kindly shut your bootlicking mouth. Anyways, to help you better understand what I mean when I say the phrase, the American surveillance state, let's read this interesting article I found on Reclaim the Net. This article is titled, FBI Use Controversial FISA FISA warrants to spy on over 3 million Americans. This article was written by Kim, uh, Ken McCone and was issued on May 27, 2022. A new report revealed that the Federal Bureau of Investigation secretly collected the personal information of over 3 million Americans. Government agencies can gather foreign intelligence after obtaining a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act FISA warrant. Sanction 702 or 702 of FISA says the Attorney General AG and the Director of National Intelligence may jointly authorize the targeting of non-U.S. persons who are reasonably believed to be outside of the United States to acquire foreign intelligence information. However, a FISA warrant can result in American citizens being spied on, especially if they communicate with foreigners who are targets of investigation. Previously, data on the number of American citizens that have been spied on as a result of the FISA warrants was concealed. But in 2020, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, the watchdog federal surveillance, ruled that the Office of Director, uh, the Office of Director of National Intelligence, should report the number of U.S. persons queries run by the FBI against 702 acquired information. In compliance with the requirement. ODNI recently released the annual statistical transparency report for 2021 that revealed that the federal that the FBI used 
visa warrants to collect the personal information of 3,394,053 American citizens. In comparison, the number was 1,324,057 in 2020. On May 25, Representatives Jim Jordan and Mike Turner sent a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray, W-R-A-Y, demanding an explanation on why so many Americans were spied on. Well, I have an answer. They were spied on because the FBI wanted to. You know? That's a simple, it's a very simple answer to a very complicated question. Yeah, so far, this is not looking very cool beans. But honestly... I'm sure that most of you guys are fully aware of the fact that you are being spied on constantly by our government agencies and you've likely already accepted this as, you know, a part of life, which is fair. Most people will do the same. However, I know for a fact most of us think that these government agencies are doing these, you know, secretive operations without the permission of the government elites whom they have to report to. We all like to think that the CIA, FBI, and the NSA need to be secretive about their business because once a congressman or a senator catches on, their whole operation will be stopped. Right? Wrong. Here's another article that I stumbled upon called Politicians Called Out Over Support of Warrantless Mass Surveillance. And this article was written by Didi Rankovic, or Rankovic, and it was put out on August 5th of 2020. A group of powerful figures in the U.S. Democratic Party, referred to as National Security Democrats, are accused of actively undermining attempts to improve American Internet users' privacy protections and end the practice of warrantless dragnet data collection and surveillance. According to Gizmodo, citing both Democrats and Republican sources on in Washington, these officials include Chairman of the House Intelligence Adam Schiff and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Ooh, nobody saw that coming. Miss Pelosi, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, concerns about their behavior have come to the light in a letter signed by close to a dozen groups promoting civil liberties that come from both sides of the political spectrum. Last March, mass surveillance authorized by the Patriot Act expired. It allowed for dragnet surveillance, but the letter says that this type of surveillance may still be occurring despite the sunset of these authorities on the basis of secret claims of inherent executive power or through the misuse of other authorities. Specifically, there are fears that the FBI may have abused Patriot Act Sanction 215 to force tech companies to turn over vast amounts of data of their users. This would mean that continued data collection without congressional approval, despite the fact that the FISA reauthorization bill was not passed. And when the situation of amending existing legislation was raised in May behind closed doors, you know, to find ways of protecting U.S. residents against the FBI accessing their Internet activity, including search and browsing history, regardless of whether or not they are suspected of committing a criminal act and without a warrant, Schiff and other top Democrats are said to have sabotaged the negotiations to introduce a privacy-friendly amendment every step of the way. It is now clear that there is no agreement with the House Intelligence Committees to enact true protections for Americans' rights against dragnet collections of online activity. Senator Ron Wayden said at the time, Schiff is accused by groups such as Demand Progress of hurting illegal immigrants by trying to narrow the scope of the amendment only to U.S. citizens rather than all citizens. But even according to this organization, the bottom line is that there is reason to fear he did it to allow for domestic surveillance of everybody. 
though when it does come to privacy, Republican bills leave much to be desired as well. Uh, there you have it, individuals. This is government-sanctioned uh, surveillance, mass spying on Americans. Now, I guess on the surface level, this might not seem as that big of an issue for some people. So what if the government is watching us? Isn't everyone watching us at some point? Every app you use has a backdoor that allows strange entities to hop in and view your activity. So what's the big deal? They're only watching, right? Let me ask you this. What if one day the rules of the game change? Some disaster takes place that makes a particular behavior illegal next week that would have been perfectly legal today. Then they change the rules even more in order to justify their constant stalking of everyday Americans, you know, like they did with the Patriot Act, and then they use that evidence to collect and prosecute individuals who dare to challenge the authority of the state. This surveillance state is being used to normalize spying. They want us to accept that they are always watching so that one day when the time comes and the laws are changed, we will be far more willing to accept the surveillance states once it goes public, once they start openly acknowledging it and using it as a reliable method to maintain law and order. But I digress. Thanks for tuning in. It's your man, Victus Devoid. Make sure you check out my book, Societal Evolution, Journey to the Dollhouse. It's a crazy world we live in, and I guess we have to continue uh, living along or chugging along. Again, thanks for tuning in. It's your man, Vic Devoid. Stay loyal, stay focused, and of course, God bless.